When you realize what your future can be, you want to do it right. UCF Online offers more than 100 fully online programs, plus personalized support from success coaches, so you can get to the future that's right for you. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, what we call the Teaching Online Podcast. It is a podcast about teaching online. Thus the name. I can't argue with any of that. <laughs> I've stumped you. <laughs> no, no it's, it's all true. I'll just add to it that we do bill this show as a collegial conversation about online teaching and learning conducted over a shared cup of coffee. And maybe I'll just observe that today we are, quote unquote, sharing virtually, as we sometimes do. We're not in the same physical space, drinking the same coffee poured from the same thermos, but we're still sharing in a bit of a intangible, separated, across the miles, virtual kind of way? Yes. Yes, we are. And, um, you know, I'm sure your coffee's better than mine, but that's okay. I mean, do we have any evidence of that? Maybe your coffee tastes just as good to you as my coffee tastes to me. True. Who's to say, right? Mm -hmm. Taste buds are subjective. Mm -hmm. I can't stand peas. I hate to say it. Because I think my life would be a lot easier if I liked peas. I wouldn't I like have to peas. spend so much time in my pot pies with a spoon, you know. But mm -hmm. some people love peas. Taste buds That's... are subjective. I'm sure there are things I like that other people don't. Uh, you know, i gotta, I got to do this tangent. Um, shout out to one of my favorite podcast episodes ever, anywhere, uh, to the now defunct May It Rest in Peace uh, podcast surprisingly awesome, uh, formerly brought to us by Gimlet Media, and the early episode, Broccoli. It is a thing of wonder, Ooh. filled, indeed, with surprisingly awesome insights. People should Ooh. go look that up and listen to I, it. I will. I like broccoli. Yeah, I do wow. remember, though, when um, the first President Bush was in office, he had made some offhand comment about how... <laughs> He didn't like broccoli. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm 60-something years old, and I'm the president of the United States. I don't like broccoli, and I don't have to eat it. Something like that. And, of course, you know, the broccoli growers of America sent a, you know, a semi-truck of broccoli to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> but, yeah, nothing wrong with broccoli, you know? I'm sure President Bush liked other things. I will, I will give you the teaser that from said episode, you will learn why some people empirically do not like broccoli. Okay. And it is surprisingly awesome. <laughs> of course. But we're not drinking broccoli. As far we're, as you know. As far as I, well, I know <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what you're drinking, but I have a cup of coffee. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And I assume you have a cup of coffee as well. Mm -hmm. um, since you probably have a thematically selected coffee, I'll go ahead and just share what I'm having. Please do. I've got sort of my usual afternoon go-to when we're doing something like this, which is my um, uh, San Francisco Bay decaf French roast. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a very fine, serviceable cup of coffee. Serviceable. That's what I look for in a beverage. <laughs> serviceable. Yep. Yeah, does the job. 
Mm. Well, yeah, sure. That's by definition. I guess that's true. You probably want to know what's in mine other than yep. not broccoli. Uh, my coffee cup today, Tom, holds a philosophical conundrum. Can you bottle lightning? Can you truly capture an elusive moment? Freeze it in time, we might say? Today, Tom, I am drinking a cup of coffee from people that purport to be doing just that. This particular coffee is a single origin from Bird Rock Coffee Roasters in San Diego, but it was originally brewed already, brewed weeks ago, more than a thousand miles away from me, and yet here I am drinking it hot and fresh today. Mm. Using a proprietary method, the company Cometeer expertly brews a highly concentrated, allegedly perfect cup of coffee in partnership with some of the best coffee roasters in the U.S., then freezes that cup of coffee at more than negative 300 degrees Fahrenheit before shipping it out to people like me. So one then brings the frozen coffee back to life in one's preferred coffee method. So to be clear, this is not instant coffee. There are no coffee grounds whatsoever. It's just the coffee. It's just melted and mixed and enjoyed. And it's, get this, cometeer because like a comet, they are frozen, forward-moving, and impactful. Oh, wow. All so right. I thought this particular coffee story was relevant for today, Tom. So I'll say, you know, I was, it was surprisingly awesome, I have to, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, but, sure beats broccoli. But um, could you find a connection to today's topic? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, now, you did talk about, it's brought to you by people who purport to do mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. catch yeah. lightning in a bottle, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Said. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know we're talking about people. Um, <laughs> as in, we often do. <laughs> as we often do, yeah, in some generic abstract sense, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we don't freeze them to minus 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Although some, some. Some, yeah. Some, some maybe, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's cryogenic, you know, yeah. save me for the future kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. I don't know, Calvin, can you inform well, me what you had in mind? Sure. Here's what, here's what was working for, for me in my little, my little uh, quivering synapses. So the idea of the elusiveness of capturing a moment, that bottling of lightning, uh, the qualitative essence of an experience that's hard to grasp, even though, you know, these coffee people claim to have done so and it is a it is a beyond serviceable cup of cup of tasty coffee there is something we've we've talked before a number of episodes you know what sometimes you grasp at the qualitative of trying to capture the essence of a thing especially i might add the in these post covid era times since 2020 we sometimes find ourselves trying to grasp what is it that makes an in-person experience salient? What, what is it about that? So we've talked about blended learning many times and hybrid work several times. And then we've pointed out in each of those uh, episodes that a key issue is the value of the in-person. So today we're going to discuss the in-person affordances of faculty engagement, professional development and support in online teaching. I got it, and I got your connection now, I see. Yeah, 
Yeah, that because that's often what people complain about in the online environment, especially in online instruction. Um, oh, yeah, but there's just not that magical moment, that human mm -hmm. connection, those nonverbal cues. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and look, I'm the online guy, but uh, uh, I, I don't disagree with that. And, you know, as you said, kind of towards the idea of faculty development, I have been a proponent of ensuring there's a face-to-face -face component mm -hmm. to that if it can mm -hmm. be done. Mm -hmm. It can't mm -hmm. always be mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. uh, depending upon the kind of institution you work at and the kind of mm -hmm. geographic distribution of your faculty at a previous institution where I was responsible for that, our faculty were all over the world. It was, it was not really feasible to get together, but I really wanted to. <laughs> and so it's something that, that um, here uh, I've really appreciated that's been a core component of our, um, you know, our flagship faculty mm -hmm. development program. Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, I remember probably very late 90s, very early 2000s. I remember exactly where we were in a conference room that I could name and you could picture it. And um, we were talking even back then about the potential of moving that flagship faculty development program to a fully online thing. There was certainly demand for it. People were like, oh, why in the world do you have in-person? And, you know, we could just do that online. And I was a real big advocate for keeping the in-person as well. Uh, for us, one of the reasons that we have emphasized that is while that is our flagship program for preparing faculty to design and teach online, we also credential blended design and teaching through that program. And so seems a little hinky if you don't have any in-person experience in it. Seems like you could talk about the online if it's a primarily online course with some in person, but, uh, but you know, there are other reasons as well. So let me ask you, why have you been an advocate for the in-person in that context? I think there's a, there's a value to faculty, especially from different disciplines, getting um, across the table from each other mm -hmm. and sharing ideas and engineering, talking to education, talking to humanities. Um, I, I think that that has its own inherent cross pollination kind of mm -hmm. benefits. There are ideas that um, you might not have had otherwise that, that can be hard to share in a threaded discussion, um, mm -hmm. which can feel perfunctory in many cases, even with faculty, or maybe mm -hmm. especially with faculty <laughs> as students. And there's also, as, as a component of our program here, this peer review aspect mm -hmm. that um, I think is just really valuable to be done in person Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe, <laughs> I'm giving you probably more answers than you wanted, but um, getting them in our building and meeting with our staff and, and making a connection with the graphics team and the video team and the, mm -hmm. and the people that they're going to work with and, and to start to establish that rapport, they understand the kind of services that are available mm -hmm. to them. Um, and it, it, I think it impacts course design because they're like, oh, well, now I know I can do this or I can do that and mm -hmm. I can do this particular assignment in a way I hadn't even thought of before I knew that that that, you know, capability existed. Yeah, that's good. Um, I do uh, sometimes think of that as Velcro, right? There are multiple points of connection between, let's say, the faculty client and our organization, just like those little hooks and loops, right? The, the more of those little points of connection, the, the firmer the overall uh, connection. It's not just 
one tenuous connection, but it's it's across. And there and with more of those information channels at play through the in-person. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, in the early days, one of the reasons that we uh, did offer the in-person opportunities in um, the context of that flagship faculty preparation program was it was it was still early, right? Online was still kind of a new thing. So starting in true blended fashion, starting in person, fostering those kind of connections, and then trying to bring that connectivity online was like a, a deliberate strategy rather than starting in this uh, you know, greater transactional distance sort of sense and then trying to, to build it from there. Today, I think we probably could pull off more of this. Gosh, you know, we've actually done that faculty uh, flagship uh, program the last year or so in a completely remote sense. And yet in uh, very few weeks, we're resuming a redesigned version of it, which will include in-person sessions, you know. Some of that yeah. is for the credentialing and some of that is for, you know, we really believe that we need to draw um, kind of a, a sharp focus on the, the affordances of the in-person. And, and maybe it's, it's worthwhile just to sort of recap kind of how that program works because <clears throat> we sort of just jumped right into it. But mm -hmm. we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure people haven't listened to every single episode and memorized them. But they should. Them. But they should, they, they absolutely. Should. Yes, get started on that right now. <laughs> um, but we're talking about kind of our flagship faculty development program, something we call IDL 6543, and it's, mm -hmm. it's framed as something of equivalent to like a graduate level mm -hmm. workshop. Mm -hmm. And it's taught in a blended format over 10 weeks, um, faculty do receive a stipend for the successful completion of this. We pay them for their time to, to complete it. And the, the format is sort of a three-legged stool. There's an online component. Mm -hmm. There's a face-to-face -face component, so it's taught in a blended mm -hmm. format. There aren't that many face-to-face -face meetings anymore, but there are mm -hmm. a few. Mm -hmm. And then the third leg of the stool are these intentional, structured, uh, periodic consultations with their assigned instructional designer, which in the past happened face-to-face -face mm -hmm. and are now probably more likely happening synchronously over, right. you know, Teams or, or Zoom, mm -hmm. which, which is sort of a face-to-face-ish kind of experience. It's still much more personal than, than some sort of asynchronous experience. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, those three elements are, are designed to work in tandem to try to, you know, prepare a faculty member to teach online or, or, or blended. And just pulling out one element of that, the face-to-face -face component, and there are things that we do that I think are done best face-to-face -face in those few moments when they do come and meet face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And in fact, during the pandemic, when we had to design a, an alternative version of this for volume, and we had to pull out some of those, not just the face-to-face -face meetings, but also some of the uh, the instructional design consultation, mm -hmm, at least the mm -hmm. depth that they typically happen mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't think it was the same experience. Right. Um, I mean, it did the job. We put hundreds and hundreds of faculty through training when we had to, but it was it's nice serviceable. to get back. It was serviceable, yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully good. Um, but, you know, I think it's nice to get back to what we think is excellent. Yeah, I know. I think I think that's right. And uh, shout out, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we did do an entire episode about faculty development. And ironically, I might be mistaken on this, uh, and I'm not looking it up uh, right now, but uh, 
I think that was early 2020, like January or February of 2020. I think we released that episode, ironically, no yeah. yeah, before it all changed. Uh, but yeah, so people interested can uh, can learn more about that. No, I think that's a good that's a good description. But you know, there. Are, I think arguably, even institutions that are not like ours, Tom, you know, either the entire institution is is serving exclusively or primarily an online student body and therefore their faculty are very online, or in institutions unlike ours where the faculty themselves and online programs are, you know, online exclusively. I think there's arguably a, a place for periodic in-person faculty professional development. Like you, you know, you see 100% remote employers of all sorts who have periodic in-person experiences, right? I mean, there's a reason they do that other than just being micromanaging control freaks. I mean, there, there actually <laughs> is a human value to you know, gathering and connecting for certain kinds of experiences. I, I think that's probably true for online exclusively faculty as well. Yeah, and I mean, there are, we could probably both name programs that we know of at other institutions where, like, especially in doctoral programs, where it might be a distance program, but there are regional meetups where, mm -hmm. you know, as part of the program, you're expected maybe when you do your proposal and when you do your defense and, or whatever it is, there are moments where you come to like a hotel for like a week and you meet with people and you have this in-person experience. You meet with your major professor or whatever it might be. Um, and, and I'm thinking even in, in my previous experience, as I mentioned, you know, we did this fully online faculty development program because we sort of had to given the geographic disperse uh, geographically dispersed faculty, mm -hmm. but the, the institution itself every other year would bring literally everybody in for mm -hmm. a conference. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it wasn't just focused on professional development, but mm -hmm. that was a big component of it. But it was just to get everybody together, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it was sort of a virtual organization that, that brought everybody together periodically because they valued the things that could only be done in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to it. And um, I mean, uh, we, maybe we won't dwell here too long, but uh, maybe it's uh, because it's recent, uh, coming up, impending, maybe we'll talk for a moment or two about some of the um, near-term plans we have just this term that we're starting here at UCF's Center for Distributed Learning to do a whole semester long in-person faculty engagement Effort. So when this episode launches, uh, we'll be kicking it off like two days later. <laughs> so so we haven't even started it yet, but it's it's all in the it's all in the works. But but we're we think that there's something worth chasing here. There's some lightning yeah, worth bottling. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that how that goes. It, it I'm going to give you credit or blame. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hard uh, to say which one. <laughs> it's been it's been really you know your brainchild and you know I mean I'll give you credit for all the all the planning that's gone into it because I think it's really ambitious and but I, if it works I think it's going to be fantastic. Do you want to maybe describe what what the vision is for it? Sure. Um, so you know realize maybe it's two pieces of context are helpful. One of course uh, you know pandemic. Uh, 
case you didn't know, you hadn't been paying attention. <laughs> it was a thing. Surprise. Everybody locked down, uh, very remote, long time, blah, blah, blah. This, this term that we're starting right now, fall of 2022, it, it, there's a noticeable um, emphasis, uh, renewed emphasis on the in-person in all manner of, of um, campus life, right? And um, we can... We can align with and engage with that or not, right? So that's, that's a thing. But two, during the pandemic era, July 2020, we moved from our historic vintage center of campus location adjacent to campus, off campus. I'm positive there are faculty who have not realized this yet. I am positive. I agree. So, they think we're still in the, the first floor basement of the library and yeah i think that's right and so given all that just the the idea of reinvigorating renewing refreshing our organizational relationships with those client faculty again it's the velcro thing right more and more points of hook and loop contact and uh so and you know we can show off our nice new digs and, and hopefully stimulate future collaborations and um, all that. But I'll give, I'll give some highlights. So um, right after Labor Day 2022, we're going to uh, have a brief uh, one-hour coffee drop-in mixer with our Center for Distributed Learning leadership team in kind of like a little bit of a small exhibit hall kind of a fashion where we just kind of do a little reminder, update, refreshers on the various services, value add for faculty that we offer. And, uh, you know, coffee, light refreshments, some very modest swag, you know, things like a coffee mug that, you know, within arm's reach, you can remember who your instructional designer is using this little lookup feature and, and remember our LMS help desk phone number. And, you know, it's right there with our name and which Honestly, some of our faculty clients forget from time to time, but we, you know we'll try to put it right there. So that'll be the start, and then we'll um, we'll do a tour of the facility and so forth. But it's kicking off ten successive weeks of uh, hopefully value add programming from across our various teams uh, within the Center for Distributed Learning: video producers and graphic artists and technologists and instructional designers and uh, developer, programmers, all manner of folks who have something to offer our faculty in these little up to one hour sessions. So we're calling those 10 Wednesdays. There's at least one of those sessions, beginning of the day, end of the day. Faculty can, you know, come in onto campus or coming back off the of campus. It'll be easy to drop in, no parking fee in our facility. And we're gamifying all those activities. So we have this, our version of like a bingo style loyalty card where uh, if you take the tour, in the building, you can QR code check off some activities, and of the 25 possible activities, uh, you know, take the tour. You're 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 done with five of them already, and if you complete 15 of the 25, we'll call it done, and uh, you'll get a little prize, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a much nicer prize. You know, a little branded flash drive for everybody who completes the card, and you're in a drawing for a ninth generation iPad and uh, an Apple Pencil, right? So. All the, those technologies are very useful in the teaching sense, right? So it's not just frivolous, um, but it, there's a little enticement there. But we're hoping along the way uh, in, the, in the small moments that there's value, and then there's value in that whole thing of just 
reestablishing rapport and relationships. So we'll evaluate that when we're done and see whether we're successful in our goals or not. We're going to swing for the fences and hopefully there'll be some value demonstrated. I hope so. I hope so too. I think it's great. <clears throat> I'm going to do what I can to help. Um, uh, there's been a challenge because our, our location wasn't exclusively in, in the library in the mm -hmm. past. We did mm -hmm. and still do have uh, a location in the research park in the building we were previously sort of occupying. We, we've kept mm -hmm. some space there. And now we've moved across the street with the bulk of the staff. And getting faculty to come out to the research park um, has been a challenge historically for us for various things. It's, I used to joke it was like Afghanistan. It seemed like it was so far away. And, you know, it's literally just a drive over. But nobody wants to lose their parking spot, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So you got to time it at the right part of the day. And, um, and as you said, I think we've got some incentives, you know, to, to draw them over. And, you know, we're going to give it a shot. Um, and even if it's only a few faculty that show up, we'll be re-engaging with those few faculty. I know that you've talked to some of our faculty mm -hmm. advisory board, mm -hmm. and they were very, very positive about it mm -hmm. and enthusiastic mm -hmm. and encouraging. And so that's good. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, let's hope it's a harbinger of things to come. Yeah, I've, I've been delighted. Uh, so far, every one of the members of the teaching faculty I've spoken to about this have been encouraging about it, which is which is you know, bodes well, we'll see, right? People say all kinds of things, you know, they, they vote with their feet. We'll see if they, yeah, yeah. You know, if they, they come in. And so we hope, right? But, you know, maybe just even unpacking from there a little bit, you know, some of the, I think, things that we keep talking about in all of our work, whether it's hybrid work or blended learning, or even, you know, these faculty-facing events like we just described, it's like, what is that bottle lightning? What is that effusive or that elusive yeah, it's not effusive. This elusive, uh, hard to capture, uh, qualitative distinctive of the in-person. Like when we're doing these 10 Wednesday events, one of the things I've been telling people is don't design presentations, you know, because the immediate reaction is going to be this could, you know, there's all these memes about that could have been, that could have been an email. Right. This could have been a Zoom meeting. No, right. we didn't, you know, a presentation. No, is what are you going to do? Uh, and things that you have to touch, you know, the tactile, kinesthetic, haptic, hands-on, that's yeah. a thing, right? Um, Nonverbal and interpersonal uh, immediacy, you talked about that a little bit, right? Um, you know, you hear the intake of breath, you, you, you know, you're, you, you have this some, some, something that is hard to exactly capture that when you're right next to a person, right, or yeah. sharing space, that's, that's hard. And then sometimes there's just affordances of this unique space, you know, with its smells and sounds and, you know, Well, textures. I mean, I know one of the activities that you have on your agenda is ice cream with the IDs, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, you know, it's, it's much more fun to eat that ice cream in person with somebody and have a conversation right. than it is to just stare mm -hmm. at them through Zoom while you both eat. That's know, right. I, the, I've, I've, I know a lot of people love the Zoom happy hours and all of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I've just never been able to kind of really connect to that. Personally. The power, the power of the gastronomic experience. Yeah, it's really yeah. true. Yeah, an army runs on its stomach, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, you want to try and kind of wrap it up with a with a succinct bottom line. Uh, I don't know about succinct, but I will try to wrap it up with a bottom line. I will try that. So maybe we can say that there is 
Virginia, there is. There is a place for in-person faculty engagement, support, and professional development in this world of online teaching. It can underscore the human touch and keep us grounded in humanizing our online learning experiences. How about that? How about that? Yes, totally agree. You know, as you mentioned, humanizing, uh, maybe in the show notes we'll list some prior episodes that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where we've touched on that theme because we have right. a number of mm-hmm. times. That's right. Um, do you think we have time for a plug? Plug away. All right. So, Kelvin, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but we do, as you probably know, offer a free email newsletter alongside mm-hmm. each new episode. Mm-hmm. If you, dear listener, have a colleague who isn't into this whole podcast <laughs> listening thing, uh, this might be a good option to share because they can link right from the email to listening or watching, because we are doing this on video, the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, the, all the show notes and the exclusive bonus content are right there in the email uh, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So register for free as a TopCast Insider to get the newsletter and advance notice of interaction opportunities because we've done some like mm-hmm. live sessions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and more. Um, the URL is bit.ly slash topcast insider. That's bit.ly slash topcast insider, all one word. That's bit.ly topcast insider. No spaces. Mm-hmm. All Sound lowercase. Good? All lowercase. All yeah, lowercase. that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have you sign up. We don't we don't spam you. We don't uh, sell your stuff. It's safe, you know, it's protected. You right. know. If you don't if you don't like it there, you can leave. It's okay. You know, <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, it's really just part of, of building the community. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's right. So cool. Um, thank you for the discussion and um, for the planning for our 10 Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And I would thank you for the coffee, but I brought my own. Thank you for that. That's right. Thank you for bringing your own coffee, Tom. Sure. Uh, until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya. See ya.